0: companions welcome to act 2 when flames die out this episode is going to be a lot like episode 2 of the podcast it is a prequel to start the story off i have two players that are not a part of our original cast it's the host of the you simply must podcast drew johnson and landry fleming drew will be playing danny lawless high captain of the crimson command and landry will be playing eugenia shell danny's advisor and personal bodyguard so strap on your boots and sharpen those blades we have a new adventure on the horizon On the eve of the 4th centennial celebration of the Crimson Command, storms brew high in the sky above Gomor. Danny Lawless, High Captain of the Crimson Command, sits 24 stories above the city with feet propped up, leaning back in a chair next to a window high in the Crimson Hold. Rain splatters against the window pane, leaving crystal droplets illuminated by the numerous lights and lamps brightening the city of Gomor below citizens of Gamor can be seen scrambling below in the city streets prepping for tomorrow's festivities the thunder has no effect on their preparations as they continue to work void of current weather conditions captain lawless pulls a dagger and slowly takes a whetstone to the edge of the blade the dagger is a crude one doesn't match his forged armor or bastard swords motif sitting idle in the corner of the room almost without notice and hidden in the sound of thunder there is a knock on his bedroom's door after a small hesitation, the door slowly opens to reveal the captain's trusted advisor and high guard, Eugenia Shell. Danny turns his head in the direction of the door and speaks.
1: Dress covert. We'll pass through shadow.
0: Danny, you have been waiting for this meeting for weeks. You and Eugenia have been discussing and receiving reports from all over ACES of the elements flourishing beyond the natural equilibrium. Reports of farms erupting into flames, destroying crops in Televastral, to a volcano becoming dormant and being overtaken by the plant life below in Loran. The Crimson Command, even after four centuries, is still not equipped or has the manpower to review every report that is coming in. The Wizard's Rainbow will not send aid, the Elves of Lethancis refuse to see the purpose of the Equilibrium, and the Golden Crails would attempt to harness the power of the imbalances before correcting them. The elements are just too strong for someone not trained. But a follower of the Equilibrium and retired professor of Wigistry University has traveled from Chandolin to meet with the Crimson Command in stealth. Divination Professor Alande, Dressed in black cloaks with weapons sheath and padded armor bound tight, the two of you head out into alleyways. As you travel through the damp roads of Gamor, you move quickly with eyes in the back of your head, cautious of every corner and window past. You see, a month ago, Captain Lawless was attacked at night in the streets of Gomorrah. An assassination attempt was stopped by Eugenia when she caught a pearly silver bolt whizzing through the air accurately towards Danny's head. The assassin, however, was not found. As you approach the edge of the city, the walls of Gamor come into view. Standing high above the city, these walls are over 60 feet tall, and due to your covert mission, passing through the gate may be more difficult than you anticipate. Even though the Crimson Command controls the city, you do not want to be seen exiting and re entering the city. How would the two of you like to proceed with exiting the city to get to your mission's destination?
2: Should, you, should we roll it? And we're at the gates.
0: You are, we'll say you are a couple blocks from the gate. Okay. You can see it. Um,
2: and it's nighttime?
0: It is nighttime. Okay. It's raining.
2: It's raining. I've got my
0: black cloak. Both of you are wearing black cloaks. Mm-hmm. Um, the gate is currently open. Okay. Two guards stand on the city side of the wall. Give me perception checks, actually, for the rest.
2: Um, I've
0: got 22. Two. All right. Um, oh, you so had you had a crit, crit. fail? You yeah. had a crit miss. Okay, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, you actually, uh, Danny, you actually like kind of walk into the road trying to get a better view, and you just can't see anything. Hmm. And you just kind of walk to the other side of the alleyway. away. <laughs> Um, you notice that t- the two guards kind of like peek at you because the streets are pretty dead at this point. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what is that guy doing? And then they just kind of go back to guard. Okay. Um, but for you, Eugenia, you look, at the, you look at the gate and you actually kind of peek further, like through the gate tunnel. Uh-huh. And you can see that there are also two other guards on the other side of the gate.
3: Okay.
0: Not only that, but you also see that there is a staircase that leads up to the top of the wall close mm. to the gate. Okay. And then two blocks down into the city, you see a horse in a wagon being unloaded at a local shop. And that's it. That's all you see. Okay.
2: Um, And the horse in the wagon is being unloaded.
0: Yes. By one guy into like a, we'll say a blacksmithing shop.
2: Okay.
0: You see that he's just kind of grabbing big loads of whatever goods he has in the wagon and just taking them into the shop itself. And so he kind of leaves the wagon alone for five minutes or so.
2: Okay, um, I approach Danny and I grab him as as uh, non, I suppose, noticeably as possible to make it not seem distracted. And I say, first of all, can you please get it together? Like, we can't be, obviously we're trying to leave covertly, that's what you said. Right, You're making a scene.
1: <sighs> Eugenia, I'm just trying to be safe about this. I want to make sure that we know that we're not going to be seen.
2: Right, and you're doing a terrible job. All right. Okay, I'm being hard on you. Okay, here's the thing. What do you want to do? All right. Um, well, I see that we've got a wagon. Um, I feel like you might be a little more of an obvious target than myself. So there's a possibility we can steal the wagon while the owner is inside and take it through the gate. Mm, um, I
1: think you mean borrow. I, borrow don't, I don't want to steal this. Borrow,
2: not steal. We can also simply take the horse. We can release the horse and the two of us can ride out on the horse together. Other than that, I think we could, I might suggest a distraction. But the weapons you have in hand, you've got a, a, a long sword and a short sword. Aye. So we have nothing to... Oh th- no,
1: a dagger. You have a dagger. A long sword and a dagger.
2: So we have nothing really to throw necessarily to kind of
1: get their attention away. Are there any rocks on the ground or anything like that? Um, Yeah, there is
0: actually, like, I mean, there's debris all through the roads. It's a pretty medieval town, so Mm. you can expect pretty much anything to be there.
2: Ooh. I'd like to cast Minor Illusion.
0: Okay. I'll read that for you just so you know exactly what you're dealing with. Thank you. So you create a sound or an image of an object within range that lasts for the duration. It lasts for one minute. It's with 30-foot range.
2: Okay.
3: The illusion
0: also ends if you dismiss it as an action or cast the spell again. So you can only cast minor illusion once. Okay. If you create a sound, its volume can range from a whisper to a scream. Okay. It can be your voice, someone else's voice, a lion's roar, a beating of drums, or any other sound you choose. Okay. The sound continues unabated, unabated throughout the duration, or you can make discrete sounds at different times before the spell ends. If you create an image of an object, such as a chair, a muddy footprint, or a small chest, it must be no larger than a five-foot cube. Mm -hmm. The image can't create sound, light, smell, or any other sensory effect. So if you do an object, it does not also include sound.
2: Okay, and it doesn't move.
0: Correct. Physical interaction with the image reveals it to be an illusion because things can pass through it. Right. If a creature uses its action to examine the sound or image, the creature can determine that it is an illusion with a successful intelligence or investigation check against your spell save DC, which is at the top of your spells page. Okay. If a creature discerns the illusion for what it is, the illusion becomes faint to that creature alone.
2: Okay. Um, I think I'd like to cast minor illusion as a sound.
0: Okay, what sound do you want to use?
2: Um, can it be... Words at all, or is it just like a... No, it can
0: be words. It can be someone's voice, or... Okay. And it can go from a whisper to a scream.
2: Okay. I I want it to be scream level, and I want it to sound like... Are any of the guards... Do any of the guards have children?
0: Do any of the guards have children? Yes.
2: Should I roll a perception check? Okay.
0: So the way the, the city of Gormor works mm-hmm. is they have city guards and then Crimson Command members or uh-huh. so the crimson command itself isn't the city guard um so to determine whether you know this person or not yes let's do a insight check
2: insight check okay
0: is that wisdom based
2: uh it is
0: all right yeah insight check okay
2: 14
0: also give me a perception check
2: okay. uh 19.
0: Okay. So you see who it is clearly. Mm-hmm. You try to recollect if you know his name, Yeah. but you don't. Okay. However, you have seen him at previous festivals and things like that in town squares, and he does have a wife and two children. Oh, Two Christ. boys.
2: So I don't know his name, but I know that he has a wife and two boys. Okay. Um, I'd like to create um, a minor illusion in the form of a scream. Okay. And... um. I want uh, the scream to sound like a little boy, saying help me dad, I'm, I'm being attacked. This
1: is starting out very dark, Landry. <laughs>
2: help me dad, I'm being attacked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: perfect, <Thank you>.
2: perfect.
0: <laughs> uh, what's your spell save DC?
2: My spell save DC is 15.
0: He immediately, like, jumps up from, like, his, like, stool he was sitting on. Mm -hmm. Like, smoking his cigar and just throws it to the ground and looks at the other guard. And you hear them kind of mutter some words, but you don't recognize what they're saying. And they just dart down the alleyway where you were go like, where you put that sound.
2: Okay. Let's run.
1: Do we want to get the horse?
2: No. No, we don't have time. Let's run through the gate. All right. Okay, we run through the gate.
1: Okay. So
0: you dart for the gate. Yes, we dart for it. And you get to the tunnel where the to go underneath the wall and like right before you like enter it, you realize there's still two other guards on the other side of the gate.
1: Should we should we try and knock them out?
2: You want to attack them? <laughs> okay.
1: I just feel like we're we're right we're right on their on their necks, you know.
2: You want to do a non-lethal attack?
1: I, I think so. Okay. Um because I I don't know how long that Those guys are gonna be distracted, those other guys.
2: You're the boss.
1: All right,
0: They're currently looking away from the city because they're kind of like guarding the entrance, not the exit. I
2: really don't think that we
1: should attack them,
0: (laughs) okay. So you,
1: Eugenia, you take the one on the right. I'm gonna take the one on the left. We're gonna knock them out and then we're gonna run.
2: All right. All right, so we attack these people not facing us.
0: Okay, so I need some detail on how exactly you're going to attack them. So I'm assuming you wanna sneak behind them for a while? Yeah. Yes. And then what do you wanna do to knock them out?
1: Um, I'm gonna grab the one on the left. Uh, Are they wearing uh, like a helmet or anything? Uh, they do wear helmets uh-huh. they're kind of like uh skateboarder helmets though they're not like
0: <laughs> decorated or like face covering or sure. radical yeah they're
1: radical they're yeah. radical helmets cool
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm gonna grab the one on the left uh, I'm gonna I'm going to attempt to grab the one on the left by the head and slam his head against the the wall okay
2: do you, I mean because I know martial arts what I know like a sleeper choke
0: give me a intelligence check. An intelligence save, so you'll use that little box above your skills.
2: Um, okay. Oh, 7.
0: The ones you do know, he's got armor on.
2: Oh, sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to He's wearing a helmet? What? Yeah, a
1: radical skateboard dude helmet.
2: You're <laughs> making this so hard. Just like Bart. Just like part um well I, then I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to grab his head and slam it into the wall. This is okay. a
1: this is a, a classic Eugenia and and Danny move. We've been <laughs> <laughs> We've been practicing this one together for years. We do we do in our yeah. basement. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to look at her <laughs> and say like okay, give him the usual. First thing I need
0: from you okay. is a stealth check. Okay. I have
2: a 19.
1: God damn it, Danny. Three plus two, five. Five, okay. Oopsie doopsie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you sneak for a good bit of the tunnel. Luckily, it's storming and the thunder is raging. And you make it about 10 feet from them. And then they start to turn around and look at both of you.
3: Okay.
0: You sprint for it to try and catch them before they kind of understand exactly what's happening. And then I need to know how you want to go from there. Do you, so instead of like them facing out, they're mm-hmm. now facing you.
1: Okay. Okay. So they're facing us, but we're like sprinting towards them. Correct.
0: And they both. By the way, these guards do have like spears as weapons, and they keep them like in hand. By the way. Okay.
2: Now, why are we trying to escape?
0: You are going to meet with that wigistry wow. retired Wiggistry professor. Oh
2: yes.
1: We've got a clandestine uh, meeting.
2: Well, I would. Um. Maybe maybe we should try to talk to them first.
0: Okay, so you don't want to sprint at them?
1: We're running at them currently.
0: No, we can take the sprint back.
2: I mean, maybe we can just try and explain. You're famous. I'm your sidekick. Maybe we can say, you know, hey, look, we have a really important meeting with people out of town. They're keeping us inside of here.
0: Before you make that decision, that's also a persuasion skill.
2: Okay. I actually have a pretty high persuasion for all of my numbers, for all my skills.
1: I'm okay with persuasion.
2: We wanna, we can at least try it before we attack.
1: So we try and talk our way out of it.
2: So, you know, I say, hey, gentlemen, look, I know you recognize... Wait, you are own. we
0: doing this now? Sure,
2: yeah. Hold oh, on. Oh, should
0: we run it? Hold rather? on, hold on. Okay. If, if you want to talk it, is that what the goal is? Is you want to talk it out now? Yeah. Okay. All right. Confirmed? Is that your final answer? Who wants to be a millionaire? Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so... As you get down the tunnel Mm -hmm. and you see them starting to turn around, it kind of turns into like you got caught doing something you shouldn't be doing and you kind of like peer yourself up and go straight back Mm -hmm. and uh, like you're looking at your mom like, Mom, I didn't really, I wasn't doing that and you start to
1: slowly walk towards them and they go, Danny? Captain Lawless? Is that you? Aye, it is, boys. How are you this fine rainy night? Oh, you're
0: not supposed to be out here.
1: Well, lads... As you know, I'm the uh, commander here, and uh, as it turns out, I'm going to do what I damn well please. Uh, no, no, no. We've been told not to let you out.
2: All right, here's the thing, gentlemen. We have this really, really important meeting with a professor outside the city. Um, professor? <laughs> yes.
0: What kind of professor?
2: Well, it's above our parade, <laughs> all right? Um, you know that Danny's important. You know he has our best interests at heart. Please, if you look the other way.
0: Well, when can we expect you to be back? Yeah, what, what? when do you think you're gonna be back?
1: If I'm not back by tomorrow morning, send out the search party. Give me a
0: persuasion check with advantage. <laughs>
2: okay. What's the advantage?
1: You roll twice.
2: Ooh.
0: And take the mm-hmm. highest.
2: Yes. Oh, 10.
0: I don't know if this is a good idea. Maybe we should ask some of the other captains, the ones that put this in this in this hold on you.
1: All right, lad. If you want to just walk back there and uh, check in with your uh, your Tommy, team, you go check officer, with them. I'll stay here and make sure they don't leave. I look over at Eugenia as the other one starts to to walk off, and I say to her, "Give them the usual."
0: So once he gets out of vision, then.
1: Uh, basically once he's, once that one has turned his back on us. And so we've got one turned away from us. Oh, so you're like still going to try and take on two. Yeah. We're giving okay. them the usual. So who's taking the one behind
0: that's from behind and who's taking the one at the front? Cause the other one's not going to turn away from you still. Right.
2: I'll take the one who's facing us cause I'm stronger than you. I think is probably the safer option.
1: Are you stronger than me? I think so. What do you, what's your strength? Does, well, my, is that what's, that's probably not even mm. what's, what matters, right? What, what's, what matters in this case? What stat? Um, it'll be strength probably. Strength. Yeah. Yes. You know what? I, um, as the commander of this, uh, of the, the Crimson yeah. Command here, yeah. um, <laughs> I'd rather not have this, this poor guy, um, have to remember me just really clocking him, like oh, looking yeah. me in the face. Mm-hmm. I'd rather him remember you doing that. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you a nod towards the guy facing us so you know that's who you're going to clock.
2: You got it, boss.
1: And then I'm going to grab the guy that has just turned away from us and try and slam his head into the wall.
2: Okay. (laughs) All
1: right, so give me the attacks. Fifteen. Ugh! Eleven. That's a two, oh. a two nine. plus
0: plus something. So nine,
1: nine.
0: <laughs> so nine. Okay. So fifteen.
2: Uh
3: huh.
0: You're talking the guy that's facing you. So you're are you trying to grab his head still? Yeah. Okay. So you you kind of walk up to him casually, uh-huh. and then just like grab him with both hands, like on like on his head, like uh-huh. grabbing his skull, and just throw him against the wall. Give me your unarmed strike damage, and you're doing this non lethally, correct? Yes. Okay. Non lethally. Eight. All right. So you throw him against the wall, (laughs) and he hits the wall and like collapses to the ground. Yeah. But then like he starts to like push him, like do a push up, like he's getting back up. Okay. You, Danny, walk up from behind this guy and just grab him from the like from his shoulders and just kind of pull him backwards to the ground, and he just kind of falls like in the mud on his back, taking no damage. God
2: damn it! Give me initiatives. Okay. Twenty-two.
1: Crit fail. bumbling oaf of a commander. You
2: need a different D20.
0: <laughs> so, so what we usually do in a case like that is <laughs> trade the D20 yeah. out and hope for the better on the next roll.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm not a superstitious man, but I think I need some help here. <laughs> I think so. You'll become superstitious. <laughs> <flagged> <laughs> and okay, try.
2: Fail.
0: What are you going
1: to do? We're
2: never going to get out of this city. I know. I
1: this actually, is like not even. I actually need
0: you to roll a D20 again. Okay. <laughs> and tell me the raw number. Oh God. Ten.
2: Ten. That's not terrible. So
0: Landry, your guy is um, doing a push up, trying to get himself back up. He Mm -hmm. does seem very dizzy, like he's trying to, you know, orient himself. And you take a quick glance over to see if your partner succeeded, and you see that he did not in any way, shape, or form. Okay. Um, and the guy is like furiously, like, like rolling around the mud and like trying to get himself back up to attack with a spear.
2: Okay. Um, and I have first attack? Yes. Okay, great. Um, I'm going to go up to the other guard that he went for. Okay. And I'm going to do the same maneuver, just grab his face and try and slam it against the wall. Okay, he's barely
0: on his hands and knees.
2: Okay, so I grab it. Uh, 22.
0: Okay. Uh, you grab him by the skull, <laughs> and you kind of like help him get up, basically, and then you just <laughs> run with him against the wall and just slam his head. Give me mm-hmm. the uh, damage.
2: Nine.
0: And you push him against the wall so hard that he just kind of like hits and then just collapses to the ground and like his hands fall like over his head and he's just out. And then you look over at the other guy and he's starting to get up and he has his spear and like kind of a jousting move, but he kind of like loses his balance and then just like hits the wall like a drunk guy and just starts to like slide down the side, but he's still awake. All right. And it's now your turn, Danny.
1: Okay. The one guy is knocked out.
0: One guy seems to be completely knocked out. And the other guy is, is drunkenly trying to get himself back up.
1: Okay, um, so I'm going to uh, run over and just like really try and finish this thing off here using our one move that we have, grabbing them by the head.
2: <laughs> the usual. <laughs> the
1: usual. <laughs> That's th- really what they teach in the Crimson Command. <laughs> Just grabbing him by the head. Yeah, just the grab him by the head and slam it against something hard. <laughs> it's
2: called the usual.
3: That's
1: the non-lethal way. All right, so give me your attack then. Okay. You Eight! <laughs> Plus seven.
0: Okay, 15. okay, okay. 15. So fifteen. Yeah.
1: That's
0: good. Alright, so fifteen, you grab him like you help him get back up and just kinda like grab his spear and throw it to the side and then you just kinda like toss him against the wall, like from his like collar and like Belt and his head hits the side of it like on the temple, and then he just hits the ground. But I still need damage, and that is which one? Uh, it'll be a d3 for you, so it'll be a d6, and four, five, and six will be one, two, and three. We talked about this before we played, and I said you would never have to use this, <laughs> and then you had to use it.
1: Oh, d6 is just a normal, yeah, it's just a normal
0: dice. Your you know, sorry dice five, so that's two, two. so okay. two plus your strength modifier, four. Alright, so six damage total? Yep. Um, So you throw him against the wall and he hits the wall and like you see like he's bleeding badly from the head but then he just kind of falls into the dirt. And like as you're kind of worried about it for a second, you look back behind you and you see those two guards are returning and then they scream down the hall Hey! What's going on here?
1: I turn and look at the guy that I just threw against the wall and say Sorry lad. And I look at Eugenia and I want to just take off. We got to run. Yeah. Okay. So you
0: run out the tunnel, and the other, you look behind you as you get outside of the wall and you see that they've stopped at the two guards and they're more worried about them than they are you. And uh, you run out into the night. <laughs>
1: That's it. That we beat your whole thing. That was like, Unfortunately <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, we should we live in Chicago. We should have done the Chicago thing and just like pretend like the person that's talking to you on the street is not talking to you.
2: That <laughs> <laughs> is the Chicago thing.
1: Just like pretend like we've got headphones in and just keep walking.
2: Yeah. Well next time.
1: So
0: after passing through the gate, you rush down the road. Mm-hmm. Eugenia knows the way to the cabin because she's the one that kind of set up this meeting. Great. Once about a mile down the road, you take a left onto a muddy path from the stone road and head south. After, about, after another 10 minutes of hurried walking, the cabin comes into view. The cabin is small with a stone foundation, wooden walls and thatched roofing. A man sits on the porch with a pipe in hand, releasing large clouds of smoke into a lantern's beams. The two of you stop 10 to 20 feet away from the porch, and he stands up, seeing your shadows approach. He says, I was expecting that two of you. Now you head on in and get out this rain. Professor Day waits for you inside.
2: (laughs) What's this gentleman's name?
0: You don't know, actually?
2: I don't know. You
0: don't know this guy's name.
2: Okay. Um, thank you so much. Uh, we'll see.
0: Yeah, hey, you're an Thank you. When you enter the cabin, you're hit with the warmth of a crackling fire and the scent of cinnamon. The cabin is one room. The typical items you would find in a bedroom are on the left, living room with a fireplace in the middle, and the kitchen on the right. A man in a light blue robe sits in a rocking chair facing the fireplace. He turns to you to show his puckered, wrinkly face with rosy cheeks. He grins with eyes closed and his mustache moves from left to right as he wags a cigar back and forth like a dog's tail when excited. Well, it's about time. My laziest students arrive closer to time than
1: the two of you. My deepest apologies, sir. We uh, ran into the uh, usual bit of trouble on our way out.
2: Yes, a few, a few too many gods and a little bit of clumsiness you, you on our part. You have trouble
1: in your own city,
2: right here in River City. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's, he slowly stands up with the help of a cane and goes from a bent back position to a proud stance with shoulders back. Uh oh. I am Professor Day,
1: Alon Day. Pleasure to meet you finally. And it, this is you, Danny Lawless. Indeed.
2: And Eugenia
0: shall, yes. Eugenia, all right. Now, thank you for setting this meeting up. It's been a long travel from Shandlin. Shall we get started? Let's.
2: Yes, please.
0: He leads you to the kitchen and sits at the dining table on one side. Two chairs are on the other side for the two of you, and centered on the table is a small, round-shaped object that is hidden under a dark blue silk cloth. Next to it... Is a small cubic chest decorated with brass bindings and redwood. On the top of it is a large arcane rune. The rune has a faint, constant orange glow to it.
1: Sit, sit down.
0: We'll we'll get started. And he gestures at the chairs and pulls a scroll from his pouch.
1: I sit.
2: I sit as well.
0: He spreads the scroll out on the table opposite the cubic chest and weighs the corners down with a dark with dark shiny stones. He mutters a few words softly with his hand over the covered object and then swiftly reveals what is underneath. A light blue tinted crystal ball sits underneath the silk. The ball sits atop a white marble slab indented to, a f- indented to fit the ball. Along the sides of the slab are holes and as he slides his finger around the entire circular white marble slab, white fog pours slowly out and onto the table. He does a few waving maneuvers around the sphere and then gazes deeply into it.
2: Look. Look inside. All right. Is this is this fog dangerous at all to, that, to us?
0: No, it, it seems that this is some kind of ritual for him to activate his crystal ball.
2: Okay. Well, I look inside
1: the crystal ball. Thank you, Professor Day.
0: The two of you lean forward and stare into the crystal ball to see you two meeting for the first time years ago. How did that happen?
1: We'll say... 15 years ago?
2: All right. I was I was in my teenage years. Yes. yes. Mhm.
1: Um, I was already uh, coming up through the ranks of the uh, of the Crimson Command.
2: Mhm.
1: Um kind of a young a young leader. Sure. Um but you possibly were a, a new recruit.
2: I um was an orphan. Um and was taken in by by some by some soldiers who were kind of just teaching me to fight. There weren't a lot of women in the ranks, um, but uh, I showed some skill very, very early on. And you noticed me?
1: Yeah, I um, I saw Eugenia um, doing some some drills with with the other sort of young young recruits, and uh, and was really impressed by her skill. Um, uh, her her speed, her, but mostly her her determination. She seemed uh, very determined to to best those around her while also kind of uh, lifting them up. And that that impressed me.
2: At the time, I was staying in kind of like, I don't exactly want to call it an, or- an orphanage, but a school for these for these like young recruits. The, the, the living situation wasn't great. He uh, approached me and asked if I would be at all interested in an apprentice, an apprenticeship. And if I uh, proved myself worthy, I could then live with him. And and uh, I would basically become kind of his protector over the years.
1: Yeah. So so that that first uh, that first meeting was uh, was really sort of a a hand reaching out and, and saying, I see something in you. I want to. I want to keep an eye on you, and uh, and maybe someday, you can keep an eye on me.
0: And so you see, this these scenes unfold pretty quickly, like almost in a fast forward on a VCR, basically. And then he says, "Now, what what is that you want to see? What have you brought me here for? I can
1: reach as far back or forward in time as you may wish, but I cannot alter it." Professor Day. As you may or may not know, there is uh, an uh, imbalance right now in our world. Yes, that we agree on. Things are going askew. We want to know why. Hmm. Well, look, look, look at the crystal ball again.
0: And you see a scene of this glorious castle, like, slowly constructing itself. You see it, like, bricks folding, like, brick walls folding over and like on a hinge basically. And it just reaches higher and higher and it's not a castle you recognize or seen and it reaches a peak and then it just starts to unfold itself slowly again. Like it's deconstructing itself and it starts to deconstruct faster and faster until about halfway through its deconstruction, it just crumbles and breaks.
2: Uh, What does this castle signify? uh, Professor Day.
0: I, I cannot see what you see. You'll have to describe the event for me.
2: Uh, can I roll a perception check to see if I trust his motives?
0: Um, that would be an insight check. Oh, can I do but that? But yes, okay. yes, you can. Okay.
2: 17.
0: Um, you actually trust him a lot.
2: Okay.
0: He I mean, He agrees that he seems to be pretty prom, like pretty fan, uh, pretty fond of the equilibrium. Okay. And so that's why y'all have, that's why he's traveled from an entire different continent just to come meet with you.
3: Okay.
0: Um, is to kind of reveal anything, any questions you may have, because he he doesn't have that connection that y'all have to the equilibrium and everything. Okay.
2: Um, well, Professor Jay, we see we see this. Beautiful castle basically being constructed in front of us and then um, brick by brick and then immediately kind of being deconstructed again until it, until it crumbles into a, into a pile of rubble. The castle? Rubble.
0: Yes. The, the castle is is a old site. It usually resembles and signifies the end of an empire. Maybe you should reach further Reach, reach with your
1: questions deeper into your personal lives. What is it that you need to see? Well, it it seems that the imbalance has uh, has reached even within our own organization, in the form of an assassination attempt, um, which has uh, largely trapped me within within my own walls, um, leaving me feeling personally uh, uh, crippled. I feel like I can't help. So is it him? Do you want to see him? I do.
0: Roll me a d6. Four. You see a, when you, you kind of dig into that crystal ball with your gaze as strong as you can, and you lean in very far over the table, and you see this executioner, a man in with a mask over his head, and holding a giant ass.
1: Axe, not ass. Just <laughs> holding the biggest ass you've ever seen. <laughs> it's unbelievable, this ass. And he is kind
0: of like looking left and right. And then he looks directly at you through the crystal ball. And he brings his axe around and just aims it directly at you vertically and just chops through. And the scene just ends in the crystal ball immediately.
1: I... Um- I am startled by this. I jump. I jump back.
0: Am I the only one that saw this? Was Um, actually Landry. You see it as well.
1: Okay.
2: Um, Commander Lawless, do you know this man?
0: Do I know this man? He's masked. You don't know. He's masked.
1: I don't know. I just, I just don't know why this is happening. What? What? What did you see? What? An executioner. A man with a a giant axe. It was. It was as if he saw me looking at him. He was looking at me from the ball. His name is Mosher. He's
0: an he's an ancient man. Almost dates back to the time of Remora. He was he was angry that he wasn't accepted as a guardian. Who could that be? Give me a uh, insight check.
1: Ooh,
0: nat twenty. Three plus four, okay. seven. <laughs> so, Danny, you you have a wide-eyed, puzzled look on your face.
1: (laughs) That's about how I feel
0: right now. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Eugenia, you think about it and back at a time where you were training for the Crimson Command, you remember a boy at the same age as you that was denied acceptance into the Crimson Command because he just wasn't quote-unquote good enough. And you think about it and it was Danny that kicked him out. Uh, you, Commander Lawless, You yes. don't remember his name, though. I don't remember his name, okay.
2: Um, so there was a boy about the same age as myself who was in training with me at the same time who wasn't quite up to snuff that you specifically denied access to the Crimson Guard. And I remember him being very bitter
0: about it.
1: I don't remember this. I don't remember this. Boy, there are so many that don't pass muster.
0: It sounds like, then, that it's not
1: within your organization, but someone outside. Yes. Someone perhaps that's that's meaning to bring chaos, meaning to bring chaos to our organization. What, Landry? (laughs) That's good. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Look, I'm trying to take this very seriously. Landry, I'm pouring my heart into this. You're
2: doing wonderfully. I'm sorry. You just keep trying to use, like, chaos and evil. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> it's like, were you on the Wikipedia page of beforehand?
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I read about paladins. <laughs> I don't even think I'm pulling from that. I don't know what I'm doing right now.
2: I'm proud of you. You're crushing it. I don't know what's happening either. That's the beauty of D&D. Um. Well, yes, it does sound like he's trying to bring Kale. It sounds like he might be trying to overthrow the the Crimson Guard. Potentially, if he's trying to, to assassinate you from outside the group.
0: But is, but is this what's bringing imbalance to the entire world?
1: Oh, I don't know. Or is he just an agent working on behalf of something bigger?
2: Yes, does he have the power himself to actually throw off the equilibrium? One person probably couldn't do that.
1: Could they? I don't know. We can
0: always ask.
2: Let's ask. Let can we ask the crystal ball if he's working on behalf of another force or organization?
1: Yes. Who is this agent of chaos? So
0: you then <laughs> <laughs> so you lean forward into the crystal ball, um, with your mind thinking. Who this could possibly be And if he has that kind of power But instead Of showing anything about him You see A woman, a human woman And she walks into view In the crystal ball And you see like grain Peacefully waving in the wind And then the grain Begins to set fire And she's standing in it And then a demon runs into the crystal in view of the crystal ball and grabs hold of her and then runs off into the scene, like out of scene. And then on the charred land, you see a typhling, a baby tiefling, laying as a newborn in the center of the ground, like on the ground.
1: Uh, remind me, professor day is showing us things that have happened or will happen, but he can't change them. Is that, um
0: so it could be a series of things. It could be your past, your future, your present. Mm-hmm. It could also be seen as kind of like a tarot
1: card thing mm.
0: where certain things you see could be symbols of what is or has happened.
1: So it's not these aren't necessarily to be taken literally. Correct.
2: No, but I think I I think there's a possibility that, that this little newborn child that we're seeing might be Mosher. This might be his origin story. He might be a tiefling. He might be a half human. Oh,
0: Mosher Mosher is the executioner. He's a symbol an old an old thing. He was not a tiefling. Oh.
2: Could the so the boy though. The boy the Mosher is a symbol, but the boy could be this.
0: The Tifling boy could be I I don't recognize a tiefling birth as a symbol, but that, this could be an event.
1: Maybe past, present. Have I ever encountered a tiefling in my y- life? Yeah, you have. Okay.
0: Um, typhlings are notoriously evil. Like, it's, it's in their blood to be. Hmm. So, I mean, they are part demon. Um, so, in a sense of... Evil is one of the new elements, one of the six new elements. It's a combination of death and destruction. And so you found at, in your past with the Crimson Command, you went onto a a mission to correct a balance in Calandria, the Dwarven Mountains to the north, and you had to end up fighting Tyflings in the depths of the mines that they had dug. Okay. Can
2: Tyflings pass as humans?
0: Not usually, because oh, they have okay. rather large um, horns coming off of their head, oh. and a very large tail.
2: Oh, so
0: th- and sometimes they'll have like purple skin and.
2: Oh, so that typhlin was definitely not the. Boy
0: Sounds person. like
1: my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> Hey-o! Hey! hey Hey. See you next week. Two dollars. You simply must tune in. Two drink minimum.
2: Two dollar two drink minimum.
1: <laughs> two dollar minimum. <laughs>
2: Um, okay, so, so, so is it possible that this tyfling is working in conjunction with this boy, potentially, that, that we were training with?
1: I guess it's possible. I feel like if we want to ask that, we have to ask the, that yes. beautiful blue ball.
2: I, I, I want to know what the significance of this tiefling is. Is there any connection between this boy and Mosher and the Tifling?
1: Can we just ask the ball that? then? I don't know. If- so you look at at
0: Professor Allende and he has like a weird like puzzled look on his face and he looks down at the ball and he kind of waves his hands around the sphere itself and then he kind of like blows at the fog that's kind of billowing onto the table and he then like gestures for you to look and so you lean in again and you see that boy again, but he's a, he's older now and he's dressed as like a street, a street magician. And he is actually in like, as the like it zooms out and pans out to kind of show the scene. He is actually on the street playing like a magic trick with some kids and he seems gleeful and pretty happy. And then one of the children kind of pokes at him or not pokes. He pokes at him from a distance and starts to laugh. And you can see that a frown comes on the magician's face and all the other children begin to laugh as well. And then the the magician kind of just packs up his table real quick and kind of sprints into an alleyway. And the boys just kind of die laughing in the street basically. I, I think, I think he has fallen to, to corruption of evil.
2: So he might be working with some, you know, potentially, you know, magical forces or something to upset the equilibrium. Might be a safe assumption.
1: I cast detect evil. Okay. <sighs> what, why? <laughs> I'm growing concerned that Professor Day is not what he seems. Okay. Interesting.
0: You, det- you cast Detect Evil, and he notices you cast it. Like, it's casting spells, you know, it takes a little a couple words here and there, maybe a movement from the hand. And you do it subtly, but he still catches it. Hmm. No matter what you roll, he's going to see it. He's a professor of a wizarding school, sure. so and he's gonna he's gonna see it, and he he actually notices exactly what you cast. He says, "Are you what what are you doing?" And before you even think about answering him or having an answer, you already recognize he's not evil. The man is actually shows almost neutrality, but still there is evil in the area. And as you're trying to collect your thoughts and you kind of look around the room quickly, you turn back to Eugenia and she's looking at you puzzled and she, you're actually kind of trying to figure out what he's doing. And then all on day begins to murmur things to himself. Oh, jeez! And with a, troub- like a troubled squint at the crystal ball, give me perception checks.
2: Oh, I'm so afraid. <laughs> Oh God,
1: six. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Four plus one. I got it's five. Because
2: you
1: gave me this fucking leather thing. I'm
2: getting rid
1: of it. It's not real leather. Well,
0: that's why. So you that's you look around as Allende's murmuring to himself, and you start to tense up
3: mm-hmm.
0: and focus, and then you kind of like start to focus on Allende's words, mm-hmm. and then the two of you barely catch it in vision but you see dust kick up on the floor behind him. And before you can utter a word or question what you see, blood bursts from his chest and splatters all over the table. No, shit! The crystal ball is soaked with droplets of blood, and your faces themselves are smeared with blood. In front of his chest, a glint of metal fades in slowly. A blade slowly fades into existence, sticking through his chest, and it appears that it's being held by a man behind. The man slowly comes into f- into vision, and he's wearing leather armor, black leather armor, and he's holding the hilt of the sword. He yanks the sword from Allende's back and slowly takes a defensive stance. Give me initiatives.
1: This is fucking insane, Dave.
2: <laughs> you need a new one. Here's one. It's two. Take that. No, what? honey, but your two is plus your, plus I mean, still bad. Plus two. Four. Four. Landry. Yes. You're first. Okay. Um, first of all, can I ask, does he look like the grown version of this child we've seen? Oh, I'm
0: sorry. Him? I guess I should probably describe him a little bit more. Okay. Um, so he's wearing black leather armor mm-hmm. and a cowl. Uh, the cowl is just cloth and it actually has like a see-through mask for him. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just a black screen for yourself. Oh. So you actually don't see a face. Okay. His hands have gloves. You actually see no skin on him whatsoever. So you don't know what he is or who he is. You do not see a tail or horns if that's your next question.
2: Okay.
0: He seems to be a human of stature.
2: Is Professor Allende dead?
0: Yeah, he, uh, he's coup de dead. gras dead.
2: Yeah, he, okay. All that's
0: right. that's one of those things, no matter what level you are, you die. <laughs> <laughs> he's
2: super dead. Okay, um, well, I'm going to attack. I'm going to run up and attack this There's guy. a table between you. Okay, I'm going to, do you need an acrobatics check?
0: Do you want to use the table as like...
2: Leverage? Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay, uh, give me an acrobatics check then. Okay.
2: 26.
0: Alright, is that a nat twenty? Uh
2: no, it's okay. a nineteen. Okay. I
0: wish. Um so you jump onto the table mm-hmm. and um you as in your mid-jump you unsheath your short sword, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And give me the attack.
2: Whoa, nat twenty. With
0: advantage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so okay, that so would have been nineteen. Yeah.
0: Alright. Didn't plan for that part. <laughs> <laughs> So, this guy <laughs> <laughs> so something else <laughs> i do just so you guys know um i have my own custom crit chart yes and so i gotta pull from it real quick
1: all custom all day baby mm-hmm. okay so
0: i need you to roll another d20 mm-hmm. and just tell me the raw number of it
2: 17
0: all right. That is max damage plus four, actually. So you don't have to roll any damage. Mm-hmm. So this would be with your short sword. Yes. So that would be six automatically. And then you also get another die for crit. So it'd be 12 automatically. And then what is your modifier to that damage? Four. Okay. And on top of that, it's times two. So sixteen times two, 32 damage. Wowie zowie! He's dead. So you <laughs> like like um like the movie Troy <laughs> uh, with Brad Pitt? Mm-hmm.
1: Can't wait to hear where this is doing
0: goes. doing that lion dance he does <laughs> at the beginning. Yes. You launch over this assassin. From the table and just jab your short sword in from the shoulder yes. towards the heart from above. Fuck you, d bag. And land on your feet. Yes. And then you also get a bonus action with your unarmed strike.
2: Yes. Um, I want to rip off his uh, mask.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So midair after that stab (laughs) as well, you're using your other hand to grab the cowl like from his forehead to pull it off. And as you land on the ground and you yank it off, a pillow of black smoke (gasps) kind of emits into the air and it's still alive and now headless.
1: Oh, God, Fuck. The smoke monster. We, ha- we have to go back. Go back where? The I. It's a, a lost. Oh, oh, the smoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> the big old black smoke monster. Yeah.
2: <laughs> You've been full of the lost references tonight.
1: <laughs> well, when you talk like Desmond as your character.
2: You, oh yeah, you know, they're, you know, they they yeah. just pop up. Yeah.
1: You
0: get an extra attack still in this turn.
2: Okay. Oh. Um.
0: Because he's still standing.
2: Yeah, fuck this guy. Um, Do I have anything? Okay, so is he just a cloud of smoke?
0: It appears that way. Wearing leather armor. A cloud of smoke wearing leather armor and a cowl. Don't like that. Don't like the sound of that at all.
2: Sure don't. Not great. Do I have any? Oh, well, I have way of shadow. I have shadow arts.
0: You do? Um, I mean, this room is dimly lit with canned like the fireplace and stuff but you get an extra attack like you can literally use your sword again if you want
2: well i mean i guess i might as well try okay so i'm, I'm gonna tag him again with my short sword okay uh 21
0: that's a hit yeah. so you'll do damage again
2: oh. six
0: all right um, you take your short sword and just kind of like cut against his back mm-hmm. like a big wide arch after seeing like him not falling still and you cut through that leather armor and just kind of black smoke pillows out of it and just kind of emits into the air and he does kind of like lean forward after that attack but he takes his stance again. Shit. After Landry it's his turn. Right.
2: It's certainly not yours. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He takes his long sword and just kind of spins on his toes and swings oh, and does a slash against you, Landry. Okay. Does a eighteen hit?
2: Yeah, and that's my armor class. Yes. Yeah, eighteen. Yeah. Okay. It hits.
0: He hits you across, like just kind of slashes against your chest, like from shoulder to shoulder,
2: mm-hmm.
0: doing nine damage. Okay. And then after him, it's not Drew's turn. Oh. You see two more no. assassins come into view from behind Danny, Don't like catching that. him off guard, swinging long swords at his back. Shit. You get hit once, Danny, uh, but the other, like after getting hit that one time, the other one just, you kind of easily dodge the other one and prep to attack those two. And you take 11 damage. Oof. Oofa doofa.
2: Oofadoof is right. Are they dressed like?
0: They are exactly dressed exactly the same: leather armor, leather gloves, and a black cowl. Okay. And now, Danny, it's your turn.
1: Okay. Um, I am going to be focusing on these two that have now crept up behind me. I would agree. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> um, first, I am going to uh, cast Sacred Weapon. On my long sword.
0: Okay. And I'm going to say my... Pe- and sacred weapon gives your weapon a accuracy bonus of plus your charisma modifier, which is three or four? Three. Okay.
1: Nice. And it also emits a light, right?
0: Yep. Right brighten that place up.
1: And it's magical. Okay.
0: So yeah, you cast a uh, sacred weapon onto your sword and you just kind of like rub your hand up the blade and as like, but like behind your hand as you rub it up. That sound gross. Um, <laughs> yeah. All I can think of is wieners. <laughs> um, what else? Is you nail? leave this like, <laughs> you leave this yellow bright light up the, up the trail of your hand. And then you take a attack stance. Mm-hmm.
1: And I say beast be gone. Uh, and I uh, do a, a two handed swing at the one on the right. Okay. And so give me that attack. 22. Yes. 22. Okay. Yes! That is a hit. Yes. Yay! That is a solid hit.
2: I think I helped you with picking that one out.
0: Now you'll roll damage, which is a D2.
2: Maybe
0: I'm two. To be
1: fair, that one's also done pretty bad before.
2: Oh, hasn't. It oh, has, yeah. Right.
1: Seven. Seven
0: plus or seven?
1: Oh, uh, just seven.
0: Okay. Like, did you roll a seven? Yeah. So the dice says seven. Yes. Then there's a plus behind that one uh, d8 that also applies to the d10.
1: So this was a. So that's a question I have then. Okay. Because I'm doing a two-handed. Mm-hmm. It, there's the parentheses like one d10. Is that? Uh, you. So the one, what's
0: the bonus that you get for the one d8? Plus four. You apply that to the d10 as well. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. Okay, so eleven then. Eleven. Yes. Okay, so you take the the sword and you actually jam it like. Into its stomach, point forward, and out the other end. Yes. Doing 11 damage. Still standing. Doesn't even seem to have been affected by it. Not great. After Drew, we're back to Landry.
1: Oh, God.
0: So now you are face-to-face with the the headless assassin with a table between you and Drew. So it's you, assassin, table, Drew two more assassins. Okay. And now this room is entirely bright, so you won't get to do any of your shadow stepping in here.
2: Okay. I mean the Sorry, v- Monk. Oh, sorry, friend. I feel like I mean the the thing of it is is it seems like regular attacks aren't working on them.
0: I wouldn't say that. He seemed to react to your second attack.
2: Okay. 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 So then, then I will attack again. I will attack the one that's facing me with my short sword. Uh, and it is
0: 23. 23. Okay. You do hit.
2: Okay. Oh, okay. For 10 points.
0: Okay. But you also get a bonus, act, bonus yes. attack still.
2: Uh, 22.
0: That's also a hit.
2: Yes. Uh, seven.
0: Seven, so 17 damage total. You take your sword and you just kind of slash it against him and then you kind of go into this weird crouch and you like do a sweeping kick at his ankles. Nice. And give me a strength check.
2: Oh, I got a nat 20.
0: All right. Um, You hit him at the ankles and it does kind of drop him onto his back, onto the ground. Yeah. And you do that 17 damage and he is still technically like alive and moving Okay. um but you still have an extra attack and he's on the ground
2: oh i'm gonna go for it what because he's
0: prone yeah that means you actually get advantage on your attacks you're gonna be doing a lot of rolling right now
2: yes okay so oh that one sucked it was 11 so uh 20
0: okay that's Not a hit with nat- a sword
2: unnatural. yeah should i go you can
0: go ahead and roll the unarmed attack too because you'll oh, probably end yeah. up doing it
2: There's 17. Oh, that was a crit fail. I'll take the 17, please. Okay. If I can. That's
0: a hit as well. Okay, fantastic. So roll the 2d6. Oh. Mm. You can just roll it twice. Okay. What was that one?
2: That was one and that was two, so five, six.
0: Okay, so another 11 damage. You take the sword and you just jam it into where his heart would be. Yes. And then you just stomp onto the hilt of the sword. Yes. Just giving it all and the leather armor just kind of deflates, and smoke just zooms zooms out of the armor and just goes into just different beams of, like, black smoke, oh and then they all just dissipate, and you just have this, like, leather armor laying on the ground now.
2: Thank goodness. I don't have any moves left, do I?
0: Um, not this turn, no.
2: All right, just up to you.
0: Um, the other two attack you again, Danny, both of them hitting you Uh with their swords doing a total
2: shit. (laughs) He's laughing.
0: Of 22 damage. Dave.
2: Ow, (laughs) ow, Dave, the DM. I would cure wounds on yourself.
0: I say, ah! (laughs) (laughs) You also have lay on hands. Oh, yeah. I do. I do. And it is your turn, Drew.
1: (sighs) I am going to hit the floor. You're going to go prone and roll under the table. What? Okay. (laughs) Okay. And cast lay on hands. On myself. All 30 points? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to go
0: prone and roll under the table.
2: You could have just like done it standing. I'm so sorry. That was judgmental. Hey, Landry, I've got a, I've got,
1: (laughs) I've got just a beautiful plan for this. I believe you. I don't.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, so I'm under the table and I lay hands on myself. Yep. (laughs) Don't bother me. I'm under the table laying hands on myself.
2: Drew is masturbating under a table.
0: (laughs) Continue. And
1: you heal yourself for thirty points. I'm in the shower, mom. (laughs)
0: Leave me alone. (laughs) This old grown man, burly in leather armor and a sword, has now escaped to assassins. By rolling under a table. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> and so, um Yeah, that's your turn. <laughs> you're, now, you're now you're now on the ta- under the table and a And dreaming. And a white light emits from underneath the table.
2: All <laughs> <laughs> oh, my holes just closed. <laughs> just
0: like,
2: nope.
0: And we're back to Landry's turn. <laughs>
2: okay. So I've got a table. Bet- I've got a table in between me and these two fuckers. Yeah, be careful table with that and table because
1: I'm under it.
2: <laughs> I've got a table with a Drew underneath it and then the two guys. With
1: a Danny underneath it. Okay. We're different. I'm very brave. <laughs> <laughs> Drew himself is very brave.
0: <laughs> he would never roll under a table I would whenever a never jumps into would his never.
2: house. I never. Well, sure, you're back.
1: All right. Danny has a great back. Danny,
2: yeah, he's got a really nice, flexible back. (laughs) I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to use the table as leverage again. Okay. And I'm going to come down on one of the smoke monsters. Okay. So should I do an acrobatics check? Yes. I need to? Okay. All right. 17.
0: Cool. Basically, when you do that, we're only checking for crit misses. Oh,
2: good. To <laughs> make sure I don't just like trip on the
3: table. Fly and, like, over roll. them.
2: <laughs> okay, and now I'm going to attack him with my sword because it seems to be okay. Okay. I mean,
0: well. There's one on the right and left.
2: Can I do, can I do like
0: a. Attack both of them? Like a a kick with one and a sword swipe with the other?
2: Yeah. Sure. Okay, why not? Okay, that's what I want to do. Oh, that is a crit fail.
0: Oh.
2: Oh, that's bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, you still have you're still doing the other attack, so Okay,
2: okay. <laughs> Ten.
0: Okay. Sword right or sword left?
2: Sword left.
0: Okay. So you jump onto the table and you do this elegant like barrel roll style jump off the table mm-hmm. in between the two of them. And you're like using the blade sideways, like in this weird spinning motion and using like the spin of your body to kick the other one as well. Oof. And the assassin easily just brings his sword up to parry with yours, which puts you into this weird, like, Barrel roll spin (laughs) on top of, like, a sideways cartwheel in the air. Oh, shit. And you just hit the ground, Uh, like, completely parallel. Okay. And just a thud and dust kicks up. And because of that, I'm not even going to give you your extra attack. I think, yeah, (laughs) that's deserved. You are now prone between the two of them.
2: Oh, fuck.
1: Lots of prone going on in this room.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you... You did it on purpose. Well,
1: look, we're both in the same place, aren't we? <laughs> I got down a lot easier. I didn't hurt myself falling like you did. Um, so who's the dummy now? <laughs> so now dummy. they attack with advantage.
2: Oh, fuck.
1: I'm nice and healed up, though. I'm good. I'm good.
2: They're gonna. They're going to murder me dead. <laughs> They're going to murder me dead. I'm going to to go lie with Professor (laughs) Day. Don't worry about me.
0: The first sword that they attack with hits for 23 damage. Whoa. Yowza. Lando's just stabs you directly into the chest. Okay. The second sword hits for nine damage. Oh,
2: my God. I am... Almost dead. Uh Uh-oh. I am minus one to being passed out.
1: (laughs) Drew, it's your
0: turn.
2: Can you please cure the wounds on me? (laughs) If you want.
1: How how far away from me is Landry? Ten feet? Mm, That's not great. Mm. How close is she to the These hell demons. They're standing over her. (laughs) (laughs) So, pretty close, you'd say? Yes. Okay. They just impaled her chest. (laughs) Jesus. All right. Here's what I'm going to (laughs) do I am going to scream (laughs) from under the table. (laughs) One usual coming right up. I'm going to attempt to pick up the table that's above me <laughs> and s- slam it into these hellspawn <laughs> while and slam them into the wall.
0: Okay.
2: I love it. That's
1: my first attempted action. Give me an <laughs> athletics check. Oh my god. Well, I'm a natural athlete personally in real life, so hopefully that <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I'm proficient in athletics. So what is this? A D20? Yes. Okay. Dave. (laughs)
2: It's
1: It's a 10. A total of a ten. Ted isn't terrible. Ted isn't terrible. 10
2: isn't terrible. 10 10
0: terrible. Isn't terrible. Exactly.
1: Okay, it, but it's because I'm so
0: proficient. So you pick up the table mm-hmm. and oh, you geez. get like to like that. Is it Atlas? That's the statue holding like a yeah. globe. Yes. Okay, so you get into that stance with the table over your head, and you attempt to start running with it, and you do start you know moving <laughs> forward, um, and you slam it into them. And now I need another strength check. Or I'm sorry, an athletics check. Come okay. on,
2: oh, man.
1: 17.
0: Nice. Okay. So they are called off guard for one. <laughs> so cool.
1: Because <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you do push them back quite a ways, but you don't slam them into the wall. But you have saved your friend from probably death. Or at least, and like death in the next
1: turn. Yeah, at least for the moment. For the moment.
0: And so you drop the table, and now there's just like this broken, or like the the leg, like some of the legs on the tables break whenever you drop it. And so there's just broken table between you, them, and then Landry's behind you. I'm sorry, Eugenia's behind you.
1: How far away from me is Eugenia? We'll say five feet. So I I uh, kneel down at Eugenia's side. Okay,
0: using your extra attack. Oh, and then that's it. I mean, not, no, like you can do something. You're oh, just okay. Making it clear to the listener. Oh,
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I put my hand on her forehead, and I say, "Fight with me, friend, <laughs> until the end." <laughs> and I cast Cure Wounds
0: as a level one or two spell.
1: D- uh, tell me, tell me about this one, Dave. Okay,
0: a uh, level one would be a D eight. A level two would be.
1: 2d8. Okay. Um, that's going to be a level two spell. Oh, okay. Thank you. Do you want me to roll it or do you want to roll it?
0: I don't, I don't know, Dave.
1: It's up to you. I'm you sorry. can
0: roll 2d8 plus three yeah, or... Be, Damn it, too. <laughs> 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 I'll roll it. Okay. So you're going to roll 2d8 and then add three to
1: the total. Okay. Two. Not great. Okay. Two also not great. So a total of seven health. Seven. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs>
3: Thank you.
1: I'm a big helper. Well. Mommy always told me that I was her I was her big boy helper. Okay. <laughs> she said,
2: oh, oh little Danny, you're my big boy helper. The family was really <laughs> rich, weren't they? No. <laughs> no, we aren't rich.
1: We're rich in spirit.
2: Oh my god.
1: Eugenia, it's your turn.
2: All right. <laughs> um okay, so my dumbass boss is hovering over <laughs> me. <laughs> um, and they're sort of pinned against the wall. No.
0: He didn't get them against the wall. Oh. I tried real hard though.
2: You did try. So they're just kind of like behind a table.
0: Yeah, there's just table debris between all of you now.
2: Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'm going to attack, let's say the one on the left.
0: Okay. I'm
2: gonna run up with my sword. For the heart. Oh, that was pretty good. Twenty-two.
0: That's a hit. You wanna do your unarmed attack as well?
2: Yes, I do. Ooh! 26.
0: Okay. Fuck that guy. So you jump up in the air and you like do a diving attack over the table debris.
2: Yes.
0: And then give me the damage. All right.
2: Uh, Five. Oh, ah! Uh, Six, five and six.
0: Okay, so 11 damage total. Yeah. You give him a stab and then a kick to the groin, but he doesn't even react to the groin kick. But hey, you get an extra attack.
2: Yes. All right, I'm gonna murder you, Dad. Oh, nat
0: 20. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And you want to do your unarmed attack too, just in case.
2: Yes. <laughs> oh. Two Nat 20s, bitch.
0: <laughs> roll credits. All right. <laughs> so give me, uh, two roll D 20 rolls. Two,
2: two D 20 rolls.
0: Yeah. Just no bonuses or anything. Four. Twelve. Okay, the four will be a normal crit. Okay, okay, okay. So you'll roll two d six plus your modifier.
2: So two six plus so that's eight plus eight, so sixteen.
0: You have a plus eight damage modifier.
2: No, plus four plus okay.
0: four. Okay, okay. So just the first one, just the short uh, sword. Oh, okay. Okay, so eight plus four. Yes. So twelve damage. Yes. So your sword does twelve damage. Okay. And then your unarmed attack was a 12? Yes. That is um, max damage. So no, but no bonus at the end. Okay. So it'll be 2d6 max 12 plus your modifier for... Is, is he seven. dead? So 16 damage. No.
2: Fuck. The key. Okay.
0: Close. Close. He's wounded. Pretty bad.
2: Hmm. he's reacting
0: to hits now and you're like your unarmed strike at the end there was just like right like an uppercut to his gut like under his ribs nice and he kind of like lifts up into the air a little bit and like lands back on his heels and he takes a step back and like kind of dizzies for a second but then takes his stance again oh shit and now the two of them attack you
2: oh good I'm this is when I die see you later have fun
0: And with an elegant dancing grace, you like jump into the air sideways as the two blades just kind of cut in opposite sideways directions.
2: Thank God.
0: And you land back onto your feet using a little bit of a handspring and uh, you get ready for another attack on your next
1: turn. Yes. True. You've got me for one
2: more time. Danny. Come on, Danny.
1: Question about divine smite. Yeah. Is that something that I like cast before I attack like it's
0: no, if you hit, you can call it a
1: divine smite. And is that kind of my second action for the turn? No, if I do that. It's oh, not. okay. Are they, are they close to the wall? Well, 10 feet, 10 feet from the wall, 10 feet from the wall. And what is their, um What's the setup with like, Them in relation to an exit from the building. They're on the bedroom side. Okay.
0: And the exit to the building is to your left. So you're like at the corner of a right angle compared to the door in them.
1: Okay. So they are not next to an exit. They would have to cross the room to get to the exit. They would. Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So what I'm going to do is cast turn the unholy. Okay. So that's against fiends and undead. Are these fiends? You don't know. I'm assuming they're a fiend. That's why I'm, that's what I'm going to try out here. So what do I do now?
2: They're definitely not undead. We know that, but they could be fiends.
0: You speak loudly with your amalgam symbol of the equilibrium and kind of show it to them. And like, a Catholic preacher causing like doing an exorcism. You speak a prayer of the equilibrium, and they they do not react at all.
1: Gosh. Well, hell, Dave, <laughs> but you get an extra attack. <laughs> I do. Just kill him, bro. That's what I'm trying to do, Landry. I <laughs> <laughs> had a whole thing planned out.
2: I know that was really smart.
1: Just trying to, I got these spells. Oh, I know. I'm proud of you. I'm a paladin. I'm, you know, you're doing a I got great these job. spells. I got these fighting. I got hey, these you're spells. A- I you're got answering these... the questions the listeners are probably asking. Yeah. Yes. Is this a fiend or some kind of goblin or ghoul? <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> probably not a goblin. <laughs> probably not a goblin.
1: Is this a smoke elf? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> they call those drow. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: Oh the drow. Somebody in my other game is a drow. Lame. She's half drow.
1: Is this some sort of powder ewok? <laughs> it's hard to say. One of the people in my game is an ewok.
2: You don't have a game. I do. And do you? Yeah, it's in my head. Let me show
1: you. <laughs> okay. I mean, I guess I'll just swing my sword at it or something, right? Yes. <laughs> okay so i'm going to try and do a running attack at at the one on the right that i hit earlier okay nice so
0: so just so you'll know y'all are targeting
1: different yeah
2: (laughs) you could target the one that i just
1: hey you're the one that chose to start damaging the one that i had (laughs) you were the one that did this first landry you did this and now he's going to commit to it (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay
1: just remember when you die that it it was at your own hand <laughs> just about teaching lessons here i got a 13 plus whatever seven wait no I don't even know what I'm doing <laughs> was I supposed to roll a d20 if you're doing an attack yes, yes. okay 13 plus plus seven 20 20s a hit 20 okay Twenty is a hit. Um,
0: Do you want to do the divine smite thing? I know you asked that.
1: Yes. Yeah. So I I put some divine smite stank on my sword. Level one. Okay. So that means I get to add two d8. Yes. In addition to the normal d8.
0: Yes. Well, d10 because you're doing two handed. Oh, right? right. So you'll roll a d10 and then two d8 and then add your damage modifier. Great. Plus eight. 24. 24 damage. Oh. And this is the one to the right?
1: Yeah. Okay. Get out of here, you missed demon.
0: <laughs> your, your sword shines with a bright light as you talk about a missed demon. <laughs> and you stab it through the head of the assassin. Yes. And you yank it back. And, like, as you yank it back, the cowl comes with it and just leaves it (gasps) headless. But it's still standing. fuck. Landry, your turn.
2: All right. So both of them are within my striking range, correct? Yes. All right.
0: And also, both of them are rarely weak. Very weak.
2: Oh, okay. So they're both kind of equally weak?
0: They seem to be showing the same signs of damage. All right.
2: I'll let you stick with the one on the right. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) Boss... And then I go to attack this one on the left again. Okay. All right, motherfucker.
0: Oh, that didn't help me.
2: Thirteen.
0: That's a miss.
2: But do I get another attack?
0: You do get your unarmed attack. Thank God, thank God. Your bonus action attack.
2: Oh jeez. Oh.
0: Ten. It does not hit. All right.
2: Here's where I die. And
0: then you, no, you still have a whole extra attack.
2: Oh, I do. Okay, okay.
0: So you get your sword attack again.
2: Okay, could you please? Thank you. (laughs) All
0: right. She's talking to her dice. (laughs) Not me. (laughs) Or her character. Just her dice. (laughs) Nineteen. That's a hit.
2: Thank
0: God. You want to do the unarmed attack too?
2: Yes. 11.
0: All right, so that one's a mess.
2: You know what? I just, just because you're getting tired <laughs> does not mean you don't get Still to Still talking up. to the dice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. So for the one hit, I'll roll my d6. Yes. It's not gonna fucking die. Could you please get it together? Ah, <coughs> oh, five. How <laughs> oh, come the fuck on? I, this is where I die. Thanks to you, Di.
1: You've said it before. I'm Two
0: it. misses and then a slash against the stomach and then another miss with your kick. He's still standing. I'm
2: getting tired. All the blood is draining out of my poor <clears throat> but athletic body.
0: <laughs> and then he attacks you.
2: Fuck you, bro.
0: And he swings wide Ugh. over your head and you duck. And then as you bring your head up. Oh, shit. You're... Looking straight at the other one who then takes a stab at you as well, hitting.
2: Oh shit. Four. Oh shit.
0: Nine damage?
2: I am passed out.
0: Uh oh. Like below zero or zero? Yeah, below zero. I'm negative one. Negative one. You see your friend, Danny, Mm -hmm. fall to the ground.
2: She in trouble, friend.
0: And now it's your turn. She is unconscious. Healing her will not wake her back up. How
1: Well, first of all, I shout, <laughs> Eugenia, no!
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but then Drew has a question. Okay. How do I wake her up?
0: If you heal her, it'll stabilize her, uh-huh. but it won't immediately wake her up. So... Every turn, right now, she will roll a death saving throw. Mm Oh, Jesus. And I think it's if she succeeds at one, she stabilizes but doesn't wake up. But if she fails all three, she dead.
2: There you go.
1: So, is using.
2: I'm telling my whole other team what's
1: happening (laughs) 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 Landry.
2: They're interested.
1: Rude. They can listen.
2: They can listen. You're
1: right. You're right. Um. So is it is it worth it to cure her? Does is it helpful? It'll
0: keep her from having to do those saving throws. Oh,
1: okay. Um. So it'll help with the stabilization and, yes. and make it where she's not gonna just
0: correct die. But I mean, you know that the two of these assassins are.
1: Pretty weak at this point. Mm-hmm. You get two attacks in one turn. You could it's possible pick. I could take them out, but it's also possible that I th- throw a two.
2: This is that's the game.
1: <clears throat> well, I think Danny values Eugenia and her friendship above all else. Okay. She's his best friend. She's almost like a daughter to him so before before attacking the first thing he's going to do is try and stabilize her okay so I'm going to kneel at her head placing my body between uh, her and these terrible terrible vapor rub monsters <laughs> and uh, I'm going to what cure wounds? Is that going to yep. try and help stabilize her? Yep. Okay.
0: So it'll be one d eight plus your ca- charisma modifier. Eight. All right. You gain eight health, but you're oh. still unconscious. Oh man.
1: Still. <laughs> oh meh. Thank you. Um, and then with my other action, okay, I'm going to um take my long sword and swing it back over my shoulder at them. Okay. Cause I'm facing away from them. All right. Give me the attack. 20. That's a hit. Yeah. I think I'd like to do divine smite again. Okay. As a level one or two. So if I do level two, that'll be my last. Yes. And it'll be 3d8 extra yeah i think i want to do that okay so, so th- i'm gonna roll four
0: that's a d10 four of those
1: four d8 yes okay six Ten. 17 is that
0: plus your damage modifier
1: plus four 21 21
0: damage you take the sword and like kind of as you like are at the kneel, you kind of stand up with a large diagonal swipe and just cleave this monster in half from like a, like 60 degree angle.
1: And my favorite disperses angle
0: disperses into a fade of black smoke and the leather armor just goes limp onto the ground and you kill him.
1: And I scream, don't
0: touch my friend. <laughs> Yes. Yes.
2: I'm still passed
1: down. <laughs> yeah, you can't talk.
2: No, but in my dreams, <laughs> I know it's happening.
0: And then he attacked, the last one attacks you, Drew. Oh, shit. Bring it. There's an 11. The 11 does not hit.
1: Mm-mm. Against my, my armor class? Yes. Okay, it does not.
0: And so you bring your sword in front of you and you parry with his, and then you get another attack again.
1: Okay. Okay. Crit fail.
0: Crit fail. And as you like bring your sword at him and you parry with him, uh, You, the vibration in the sword after the clang just loosens your knuckles and you drop the blade onto the ground.
2: <laughs> oh, God, Grandpa.
0: <laughs> but because you get another extra attack action, you pick it up to prepare, prepare yourself for next round. Great. But then he does attack again.
2: Gotta stop
0: drinking. Does a 15
1: hit? My, it,
0: I, I don't know. Does yeah. your armor class? What's your armor? 15. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, we play tie goes to the defender. Okay. So it does not hit. Great. Um. In like a frantic fury, you pick up the sword from whenever you dropped it and you bring it up and you block it just in time. And then it's your turn. Me? Uh, I'm sorry, Drew again.
2: Um, You're still unconscious, Landry. I'm, so I'm sorry. Out.
1: Okay. Um, Get him. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a two handed baseball swing. Okay. Yes. Twenty one. That's a home run. Yes. (laughs) Nine. Nine. Oh wait, one. I was supposed to roll a D ten because it was two hands. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, eight. All right. So you
0: swing it wide going for that fence. (laughs) That was lame. Um, A lot of baseball heads in this room. And you cut him across the stomach and he falls back onto his back and the leather goes loose and the black smoke billows into the air. And as you stand over this leather armor and you kind of take a couple deep breaths after this three minute fight, you look around the room and you kind of hold a couple of your scratches and wounds and you see that your friend Eugenia lays limp on the ground, still unconscious, but you see her breathing and you kind of take a knee for a second. And catch your breath. You look over again at the lifeless body of Alain Day. But then dust kicks up in front of you again. And it you go onto immediate alert. And you look around and you try to follow it. And you stand back up. And right whenever you think you know where it is, you feel the stinging pain of a sword going through your stomach. You shot in shock. You kind of just start to turn to look. and You see another one of those assassins. and You kind of fall to a knee. The sword goes limp in your hand. And you look up and he pulls back his cowl. And it's not a smoke monster of any sort. It's that man from the crystal ball that boy that magician and he stands over you with like a stoic look he doesn't even care and then the front doors burst open the old man from the porch is bleeding horribly but wielding a crossbow and he shoots it straight at the assassin thinking you've been saved you look up to see the assassin holding the bolt from the crossbow right in front of his face he called it midair. You look down, defeated, but in the corner of your eye, you see that a glint of steel come from your left side. That crude dagger is still on your belt. You unsheath it and launch upwards towards the assassin. Give me an attack with a dagger.
1: 24.
0: You stab it into his gut, and you pull the dagger dagger upwards as you stand up, tearing from stomach to chest. His intestines slither out of his body, and you bring your face up to his. You stare at his eyes, and they are wide open, shocked. You feel his body fall limp in your arms, and he falls backwards, landing on a chair and collapsing it. You then turn to the front door to the old man. He lay face on the ground and you look at the destruction that is now this cabin and you see Eugenia's body, pools of blood flowing from her, but still breathing. And in the quiet, you hear the the batter of rain on the roof. You feel the calm after a victorious fight. But then again, you hear the soft thud of footsteps on the wooden floor. You turn towards the door again, basically just completely destroyed and defeated in heart, but still thinking you've won this battle, and you fear it's another invisible assassin. And you were right. Another blade pierces your back, and you fall to your knees again. A man walks in front of you, leaving the blade through your chest, and you see another assassin dressed in the same manner. But this time, it's not a human. A typhling with large horns sticking out of its cowl and a tail dragging behind it. You watch for a few seconds as your life leaves you. He tilts his head in curiosity as you sit there on your knees. Unable to hold yourself up, you fall onto your side. He then walks over to the broken table and then looks around. He walks back to the other side of the room. He looks at that crystal ball for a second. And then he turns and he picks up that little red wood box with brass bindings. He waves his hand over it and a black mist pours over the sides. You see the box open up for a brief second and it flashes a bright orange light. You feel heat and fire and feel yourself roasting alive. And then you see black.